0: Pastor Paul, good morning, everyone. Uh, I definitely am not a morning person, but yeah, I think it's great that we were able to do this, um, kind of start off our day um, with scripture. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, start off with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, Father God, um, thank you for this morning where we can come together and feed on your word and I pray that during this uh, Lenten season that we would be able to dedicate um, our time and our efforts into remembering your son Jesus Christ as you sent uh, to redeem us who were once lost. I pray that we would reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross and also be filled with joy and remembrance of your, of your resurrection and triumph over sin. We thank you that we can all call you our Savior, our Lord, and our Father. At this time of meditation, on your words, set the tone um, for our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. sounds kind of in our eye, but we'll work with it. Um, Yeah, so today's passage will be um, Mark chapter 8, verse 1 through 21. So I'll go ahead and read it for us. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Tal- talman The Pharisees came and became, began to question Jesus to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, No sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the east of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Or don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Amen. So, in this passage, we once again uh, see the miracle. Uh, See a miracle that Jesus performs in the presence of uh, a large crowd. And again, Jesus asked his disciples what food they had, and um, he asked them to offer it to the people, uh, kind of sacrifice what they had with them to offer it to the people so that they can feed them. And I was, as I was reflecting on this portion uh, of the passage, it made me think of um, kind of uh, myself. Whenever I offer um, something that I have uh, to God, um, and you know, whether that be you know time or or you know offering in terms of monetary value with like offerings. Um, or, or tithing, or, or you know, our or talents and efforts, well, whatever whatever you have, you know, when I'm, I was just thinking about when you, I offer it up, and it made me think of it sometimes when, um, because, uh, um, yeah, when sometimes when I think about um, offering what I have and 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 doing works, um, I'm working with God for His glory. um, Sometimes it can be a little bit daunting to think about um, you know the grand scale that God is working at, and it makes me think, okay um, is what I'm doing um, really going to make any impact or, or any change is going to impact anybody uh, in the grand scheme of things um, and I'm sure we've all thought of this. Um, or thought of something in the similar lines. And especially like when we think about like, maybe like global scale things like, I don't know, things that are going on in the world, like um, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, or just other global scale things. I think it's even harder to think that um, anything that I do would cause any impact. Um, But, I think when I was reading this, it reminded me that Jesus, you know, extends an invitation to us um, to do, to partake in something that Jesus has already done Mm -hmm. and what Jesus is doing. You know, Jesus is always the one who who is doing everything, right? He's literally doing everything, but he loves us so much and he's blessed us um, with the ability to kind of partake in that, right? Um, so it was just a reminder to me that, um, you know, what I do, um, what I offer to God um, for his kingdom, um, the extent of the effects of that or the impact that what I do and what I offer uh, isn't limited to, you know, my ability, my my knowledge, my wisdom, um, you know how much money I have, or even like the extent of my faith, because, you know, it's fully, um, limited by Christ and his ability. And we know that, you know, God is infinite. So, you know, essentially his ability and, and, and effect is infinite. So it's just reminded me of the fact that, um, you know, working with God, that's truly a blessing. I think that's something, um, I've been learning um, through uh, Seven Realities, the um, class that I'm taking you know, I'm not working for God, I'm working with God and and what he's doing. Um, so not to be discouraged by the fact that I am so small and in, in, in this world with all these global scale you know, atrocities, tragedies, or even like with um, one single individual that you know, you know, like sometimes when one single individual goes through something really terrible, it's, it's hard to think that whatever you say or whatever you can do causes any change or any impact. Um, but just being reminded that, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately Christ, um, is the one doing it and doing the works, And I, he's just extending an invitation so that I can, you know, take part in that. And I think that's a really big blessing. Um, So another uh, kind of another reflection that I had was um, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him for a sign from heaven, and and Jesus responds in sort of a um, kind of a stern manner. Um, And, you know, it's kind of surprising, but also in the context of Pharisees, we know that um, the Pharisees are generally characterized in the Bible as you know, prideful, um, in their knowledge of Scripture and the status of But, and I think Jesus, or we know that Jesus kind of sees through that and sees the heart of the Pharisees. And they're not asking just a genuine question, they're asking for with um, kind of intent, um, some kind of agenda so that they can, um, you know, either trick Jesus or what have you. So Jesus sees through that. Um, and he, Jesus talks to, later on to his disciples about being um, warning his disciples about um, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Herod, um, and you know yeast sometimes is symbolized symbolizes like pro, uh, the sin of a man, and uh, so when he was warning the disciples about kind of the yeast, I was just thinking. How they responded, and how they responded is they, they kind of you know discussed amongst each other. I'm sure they were a little bit confused with what uh, Jesus was saying. He used to Pharisees, what did they talk What is What is Jesus talking about? And they, after all their discussion, they finally come to a conclusion that Jesus was warning them because, um, you know, quote unquote, um, it is because we have no bread. Um, And their response kind of showed that they didn't understand the spiritual implications of what Jesus was saying. Um, And at first glance, this seems a little bit foolish. Um, And it it is. It is. But um, when I really reflect upon myself and see how not in tune with um, how God is moving in my life or what he's saying to me sometimes, it makes me think, okay, wow, that is... Definitely me. Sometimes, um, you know, I think a lot of times um, God can be um, kind of s- trying to touch your heart and speak to you, but if you're not spiritually in tune with God, it becomes very difficult to be, even come aware that you know God is really talking to you. And sometimes in retrospect, you see that like, wow, God was really trying to talk to me, but I was just so. Um, so numb and and unaware that um, yeah I w- I just was didn't see it until you know God you know he's, I think God you know bless his soul he he uh, kind of sticks us and like kind of pokes at us many times before we even realize and sometimes he has to he has to really you know, grab a hold of our heart and grab a hold of our attention and that yeah, just made me reflect on. How um, how we should always, and we really, really need to be working intentionally, to um, to hear God's um, calling and to hear His um, voice in 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 whatever way that may be. Um, just being intentional about. Um, you know, Whether that's being in prayer, or that's reading in God's Word, or even participating on a Sunday congregational worship, um, intentionality really is key, you know. You can't just be um, carried by the wind in the, in this regard, right? Um, it doesn't really work like that. And I think also the opposite of that is true, you know, with the respect to sin. Um, you have to be very intentional about being aware. Um, about how sin can be in your heart. And just like yeast, it can, you know, if you put whatever environment you put it in, in terms like a bread, it grows, right? It expands. And I uh, think that's um, true with um, sin as well. You know, it, it may be internal and be kind of hard to see at first, um, but once you let that kind of sin kind of sit in your heart, um, grows and grows and expands until ultimately you know it, it shows outwardly and externally and that's the that's usually when when you can tell that it's coming out and and other people are able to see it even um, at least from personal experience that's usually the point where it becomes very difficult um, to kind of turn away um, and then it can you know come become a habitual sin for you or it's just, just something that's really hard and that's kind of the, the kind of sins that you had to really, you know, kneel before God and, and, and ask for forgiveness and ask for him to chain, break the chains of sin. Um, so yeah, um, just being reminded, I think, from the, towards the end of this passage, that um, our faith isn't some something that we, we just kind of go with the flow and... and just kind of, I don't know, passively follow, but it really, truly is an active, intentional reflection and meditation, inwardly and outwardly, um, very holistically. So, um, yeah, just convicted me, convicted me to be mindful of uh, how God is working um, in my life, and that you know my life is, to is called to be changed and impacted by that, you know. How can I live my life the same way um, if, I, if I say that God has truly um, worked in my life and, if I, and I've experienced that, you know? So, yeah. Um, that was my um, kind of reflection uh, for that passage. And I hope that God can speak to you as well through this passage throughout your day and, and reminds you of how God has worked in your life and the invitation to partake in his purpose and the miracles that he has given uniquely to you. Uh, I think, um, you know, whatever my reflection is, it doesn't have to be yours necessarily, but I encourage you to uh, read this um, on your own time um, and kind of reflect how God is working in your life, how he's touching your heart. um, And to be impacted by that and changed by that in in an active way. It's so easy just to read a passage and to kind of like, let us just sit, um, but, you know, uh, I think we're we're called to be um, active and diligent followers, right? It can be really hard sometimes. I'm definitely guilty of that, but, you know, uh, through this Lenten season, let's be revitalized um, with a uh, new joy and uh, and to, in light of what Christ has done for us. Yeah, so that's... Um, the end of my reflections. Uh, let me go ahead and close um, this out with a quick word of prayer. Lord Father God, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for waking us up. Um, and just thank you for putting um, the heart uh, or giving us the heart to wake up um, together as one congregation to 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 meditate on your word and just see how you're speaking into our lives, Lord. Um and yeah lord just i pray that in this Lenten season uh i pray that you would just help us to um offer up our time um for your sake and just to um just to be uh, spoken to and to be more in tune with you lord we know that our spiritual growth it doesn't just happen passively but father god Come uh, just like any relationship, it requires work and it requires um, spending time with that individual, individual. So I pray that you would um, just continually help us to, um, yeah, spend time in your word and in prayer and together in fellowship, Lord. Um, and, and I pray that all of that would eventually um, help us grow our, our faith um, and, and to grow the intimacy between um, um, us and you and, and between each other, Lord. Uh, I pray for all these things and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.